0: Here. That is that's, cool to start doing that.
1: Yeah, yeah, so nobody can sneak up and record you. That's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> All right, you ready to rock and roll? I am. All right, here we go. All right, in three, two, one. What's going on, family? It's your man Gerard Bonner of Fide Radio, and guess what? We're back. <laughs> it is on course with Heart Ramsey. And of course, we call these sessions Heart to Heart. It's where you get to hear from the Heart of God by way of the man of God. And of course, we're talking to the one and only pastor, doctor, chief apostle. Pick a name. He's got all of them. It's Dr. Hart Ramsey. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing well, Gerard. It's been a minute.
1: It has been, it has been, and a lot of things have changed in the world. So <laughs> <sighs> One of the things we've been talking about, of course, during the whole pandemic era, which, you know, that's kind of the era now, is just how everything has been impacted. Of course, you know, people going back into the world, people not going into the world since then, we've had vaccinations happening. And uh, now it seems like churches and a lot of the rest of the world seem to be reopened. I know that NCC has started to reopen uh, some things. Talk a little bit about uh, the process for you in terms of how you move to a space where you're like, okay, we're ready to reopen. What does that look like for you?
0: Well, I think first, um, every pastor that kind of has his hand on the pulse of it, of his ministry and, and love his people, want them safe. That's first of all. Yes. But yes. second of all, what I started to see, I started to see how people posting that they were actually going to churches i mean churches that had opened up some never closed in our area and our people they were ready to mingle okay um then so you raise safety issues as to number one um how safe is it where's covid um uh vaccinations what does it, there was there's conflicting reports about the safety of the vaccinations mm-hmm. not just what it does to you but does it protect the other person does it protect you and right. So we did all our research, Gerard, and when we got finished with the research, we came to the conclusion that we were ready for social distancing services. Okay, And so that's something we did. We did the social distancing, and we're doing it now, but then we we had registration. Mm-hmm. The registration went well in, in one city. In the next city, it was terrible because um, in the dolphin campus, the, the, the facility is so big that registration was a turnoff. So since mm-hmm. we had all that space, we just opened, the, just flung the doors open and people came. And they, even right now, some are saying, I'm not ready yet. And they stay at home. Others are coming. And so what we have learned is you be patient. Mm. Be patient with the people. You teach the word. You pray for them. Uh, because the reality is every pastor during this season became a grief manager.
1: Very true.
0: Yeah. we, we Everyone around us, uh, ourselves included we're grieving we're grieving loss we're grieving not just the loss of life but we're grieving the loss of normal mm-hmm. um the, the loss of uh, a year we lost an entire year and some change yes we're grieving the loss of, of the plans that we had for that year we're grieving um the, the new um beginning because when you start out it's never uh, as good or as as um developed as what you're accustomed to so starting over some people are grieving beginning again and yeah we uh, there are people at home who lost jobs um who are grieving um they're grieving at first being quarantined now they're grieving having to go back into the it's just a lot of grief everywhere right so all over the place and so as pastors and leaders we had to come to the place where we had to accept the fact that we're grief managers we're managing people's grief
1: mm. yeah that's a that's a loaded one
0: <laughs> really <laughs> It's, it is because um, no two people are alike, right. and so you have to deal with, um, you have to listen. I think in order to know who you're dealing with, we, we're so accustomed as pastors, we talk a lot. As leaders, yeah. we talk a lot. And I think it's, these are good times to ask questions and to hear people and then craft your messages around what people are needing instead of what you think you're hearing. But most wow. of the time when pastors well, the Lord told me, it's not the Lord, it's you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think pastors have to work on that. But
1: (laughs) yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's it's interesting because, again, you're right. This is no longer a one size fits all kind of situation because campuses are different. Cities are different. Regions are different and approaches are different. Uh, There are churches that have that didn't close, which seems strange, but there are churches that didn't close. Uh, And then there are churches who have not really changed the way that they're doing things and others have changed dramatically. Did you find or have you found a need to change the way you may do things? For instance, you know, some churches and I know in a lot of, of churches, you know, there's the whole laying on of hands situation. Right. Or there's there are places and specific spots where there's naturally contact. Right, right. That could become different in a post-COVID, post-pandemic. And I keep saying post, but it's not really over. You know, we're just kind of reassimilating. But ha- have any of those kinds of things changed? Have you seen a need to change that? Or how-, how does that look?
0: Well, the first, to be honest with you, just from a human standpoint, the first several services I've been in this, these reintegrating services, um, I stayed away from altar calls. Yeah. I had responses in the seats and, and there there's one particular service where the spirit of God was moving so tremendously, we were preaching on contrition, and the brokenheartedness, and there was so much emotional response to that that I had to, um, I made an invitation, and we social distanced at the altar. Okay. Um, and what I did was I put on a mask for their first for them to be comfortable, mm-hmm. and I did ministry still standing six feet away, never put my hand on them. Yes. Yeah six feet away with a mask on and minister to each, to each one individually and my words I, I, I didn't lay hands on them I lay words on them yeah and I think that um that's gonna be standard for a while until we become comfortable enough to know that we're safe whatever right. that is because there's there's another variant that's trying to infiltrate space but um yeah I, I think I think we're gonna have to do ministry differently mm-hmm. um we eventually we'll get back to what the scriptures um mandate, of course, this touch is a very important part of uh, spirit ministry, spirit-led yeah. ministry. So we're going to have to touch at some to some, some degree, but at the comfort level of the, of the people we minister to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I just, in my head, you know, when we went through this whole period, we hadn't thought about the normal things that we have done that could really now become dangerous. Things right. like singing in close proximity, things wow. like using the same microphones you know that mic thing was you know
0: now they got new ministries out now you've got a microphone wiping ministry I was, yes i went to a, a, a what was that an ordination service on friday evening and they had one guy assigned to just do nothing but wipe mics <laughs> he had on a suit he was wiping mics that's, that's his job it's an important job it's, it's very
1: important be, because force of habit is one where We just, you know, when you've been away from something for a while, you go back in and you just kind of pick up where you left off, which can be good and can be bad. And so I'm wondering, you know, I know you've had an opportunity to be in a number of, of services now. And, of course, we're seeing all kinds of things on the Internet as well. Do we think the church has progressed at all in the 14, 15 months that? we've been out of the building and that's kind of a loaded question but
0: I think it's a great question um and I'll be I'm be like painfully and brutally, brutally honest I don't yeah. think we have I think what I th- but it's, but it's not a negative thing I think what the 14 months were intended to do oh was done I thought that that changes would be made in that time but what I've seen is an exposure Hmm. not just of the organized structural church and and the clergy and the leadership but also of the people a lot of people who were saying that they were saved really weren't they were just hanging out in church mm. and so now they don't a lot of i told pastors I, I meet with pastors of course every friday and one of the thing i told them about was the three different types of people you're going to be engaged when you seek to reopen the yeah. first type of person is the person um who you're going to reach out to and they will say to you i don't i no longer feel a connection to your church mm i don't feel a connection to church i don't I don't feel connected to you right i said and what you have to do is give them grace to leave the second type of person is going to be the person who say oh, i still feel a connection to your church but not in the same capacity hmm. or oh, i've heard i've talked to people who are giving up their their titles their elderships their deaconships um wow. the offices they're giving up their service it's like i need to sit hmm. or oh, in, in in that same group or people were saying uh, I'm still connected to you. I'm going a, I'm to a give, I'm going to support, but I will do it online. That's the reality. Yeah. Then you have the third group of people um, who will say to you when you reach out to them, um, I no longer view Christianity the way I did before the pandemic. Um, uh, 2020 and the election and all the different things and the way the church in, engaged that really sent me searching. And what I have, in, uh, I've come to the conclusion that I believe in the Lord, but not the way you teach it. Hmm. and I've seen some of that some people who went back who went to uh, rediscover the the history of the church and and who the real Israelites are and just a, a lot of a lot of uh, deconstruction of faith that's going on in some of it is positive some is is absolutely negative but um you're gonna encounter those kind of people and I think the one you give grace to leave the second one you give grace to sit the third you, you give them grace to journey because they have to journey and come to the conclusions and um, we can't make them believe they have to choose to believe. Wow.
1: Wow, 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 wow. That's that's super good. That's super good. And it's super necessary because I think, again, this isn't a scenario where we pressed pause on church and then we just come back to, you know, because nobody's technically coming back the same. Right. right? You I know. Need- right right like leaders are coming back different with different perspectives and things of that nature it's funny that you mentioned the piece about um people people giving up their titles Mm -hmm. because i read an article the other day that talked about um more people are resigning from their jobs now um post pandemic than before and interestingly enough they were in the areas of restaurants hotels, uh, those spaces in service capacities and their reasonings for it was because A, they either wanted to make more money or B, they found that, you know, the jobs that they were working or the capacities they were serving in were uh, not really conducive to them spending time with family, friends, et cetera, et cetera. The whole point of the article was uh, people have had serious mind shifts in this whole pandemic. Um, So, what happens now in churches if, for instance, the ushers, the you know, the youth leaders, the elders, even the pastors say, hey, this thing with church, this title I've been holding, this office I've been holding is too much for me right now. Right. What happens? Because, you know, you we run the realistic possibility that it's not just, you know, the usher or, you know, whomever. It is someone who holds a title that can't quickly be, you know, filled or anything like that. What happens?
0: Right. So uh, I started uh and and that's the piece that you mentioned is a powerful piece because I went to Memphis um recently and couldn't even rent a car
1: mm-hmm. because
0: Hertz was telling us that they didn't have enough workers to prepare the cars. Yeah. I've spoken with pastors who literally told me that they don't want to do ministry the way they've done it before. They do not want to have a pulpit ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more comfortable in the community. Uh, they're more comfortable being Bible study teachers. They're more comfortable online. Some people pastors told me they were not going to uh, go back to in-person service. They're wow. going to stay strictly online. Um, And and some have turned over their churches so many things have changed and, and let's let's address the service industry for a moment um as it relates to the actual service industry and then in, in the mm-hmm. church and the service industry they were when this thing first started a lot of people in service industry got sick doing service yes because, because they weren't considered to be um essential so to speak the, the, right. the, uh, the terminology for essential workers shifted during the pandemic because these were people we couldn't function without right before non-essential they they were considered non-essential because they were so replaceable right people stayed home and realized man that they were making far less for their time than they were worth yeah and they're not willing to go back to that even i I went to airport restaurants regular restaurants um anything that's service oriented um, that that people are, are grossly underpaid as especially as it relates to the cost of living and the way it's risen and it's just it's it's unfair and and this yes. is something to bear now i think a, a, a minimum wage of $15 by the time they agree to that it's going to be challenged to raise it to $20 agreed and then it's going to drive prices up with that being said it it presents an infrastructure challenge to the united states but when you move that same scenario to church it, it presents an organizational um challenge and for like going back to, i'm talking about ncc going back to ncc um, there we are short on people who serve as ushers and camera oh. people and different things like that and so we we go, we have to rethink how we organized yeah because when you look at certain offices in church of uh, the pastor the um the deacons elders these are biblical um offices that God actually calls people to and so it's amazing to me how all these people felt called before the pandemic and they don't feel mm. like the call now right it, my question is: Was it Christ that called you? Was it comfort? Because, yeah, because when we called it, we don't have a choice. I mean, I'm still in it, doing what I do in, a, in, a, in an apostolic level. But I think this is a good time for people to reevaluate um, why they were doing what they were doing. Yeah. Um, was it really a calling, or was it a, was it just me feeling time, to, trying to trying to find something to make me feel fulfilled? Mm-hmm. And, and people are becoming honest. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I think that um, the ch- it forces the church now to, and, and the industries out there, service industries, to reevaluate how, how we utilize human resources. Yes. Because I, I used the word utilize on purpose, because what we were doing was we're using human resources to make money. We weren't right. utilizing them properly. Right. Or understanding that, that uh, people are worth it, their time is so valuable. Yes. Never in church, in the offering confession, this is my money. My money represents my time. My time mm-hmm. is my life. That's right. My 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 life is is um, divvied up, so to speak, and expressed in time. Time mm-hmm. spent, and, and um, actually, time invested. Yes. Spent time is a waste. You, um, you never get it back, so you better invest it. And we're seeing now where uh, in church, uh, churches are forced to now uh, mechanize, go, or, or, or digitize. Right. Uh, with us, I mean, here's a big, here's a word that we haven't heard, evangelize. Right. Actually, not just evangelize people to come to Christ, but we have to really, really, we call it uh, uh, recruiting volunteers. That's a wonderful term to say that we have to get people to give such buy-in to what we're doing that they're willing to to serve with their time. Yes. Taking for granted before that, we could, we could offer people crazy stuff and, and non-essential stuff, stuff that wasn't a benefit to them it wasn't about how it was benefiting them, it was how does it benefit the church. That right. Is right, and every church that's gonna be worth its salt, that's gonna keep its doors open, that's gonna fulfill the call of God, is gonna to have to really show people why serving in the house is gonna benefit them. hmm So you can't just show up with a, with a hoop on Sunday morning on a praise break and expect people to, to be connected. People are tired unless the people are living and and willing to continue to live an emotionally charged life with nothing else to show for it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That's a lot, but that's why I'm seeing this from a very, very um, two-sided perspective. I I, I really, my heart go out to people who weren't making money. Yes. I mean, how did this, I I, I was wondering, you know, I I filled up my my, uh, SUV the other day with, uh, with gas. Gas is so high now. I remember when jet fuel was just a few cents more than what I'm paying for um, car fuel wow. now. Wow. Uh, and um, so my, to fill up my SUV was eighty dollars <sighs> if with premium. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and so I, I can imagine if a person is making minimum wage and they have and they're driving, they have a family and they have to drive an SUV. My God, how are you filling up your SUV? Right. And you just put in ten dollars every time you go to the pump. Right. No these are things that have to be considered and and people cannot be punished for the country that we that we live in. I I applaud the people who say you know what I'm not in a hurry to reinvest myself yet. Let me make the best investments of my time mm-hmm. and my resources.
1: Yeah. You, you are, you are dead on with that. You know, it's funny. I was talking to Yanni yesterday and one of the things we were talking about, because we saw all of these now hiring signs in, you know, fast food spaces and things of that nature. And one of them, I don't remember which one it was, but it said now hiring $10 an hour, like, wow. You know? And the crazy part was I was telling her, I said, you know, that wage worked when we were teenagers and had no bills you know like when we were teenagers ten dollars an hour okay
0: i'm rich you know what i mean (laughs) that's important important, a little 27 percent tax so let me do this real quick i'll go for it it. (laughs) so that's what eight dollars we said ten dollars an hour Mm-hmm. so at what eight eight hours a day right right That's four hundred dollars a week before taxes.
1: Before taxes, and that's if you work a full eight hours a week, eight hours a day.
0: They're gonna eat you alive with taxes, and right. if you, what's the rent? What's the mortgage if you have one? Exactly. Clothes and school. What do people do? Sell dope. I mean, come on, man. Right.
1: And in some cases, we were we were talking about how in some cases the meal that you might eat in that place is as much as your hourly wage. Uh huh. So, you know, it's it is problematic and it is a real thing that people are having to look at uh, in this country. One of the other things is that and this is funny, you know, I've heard people say, how dare people sit at home and collect unemployment when they should just go back to work. But they were making more unemployment than they were actually going into work, you know, and so it's dangerous. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's funny because, you know, people then cite unemployment as the problem. and It's like, no, unemployment isn't the problem. It's the low wages that you are serving to people. That's the problem.
0: Let's be honest. It's the greed. I'm going to tell you something. So so of course, you know, um, I was born and raised in the Caribbean. Yes. My, my, my father's still in the Virgin Islands. So I go back once a year. We, we went back last year. I mean, earlier this year. Yeah. And what I see a lot of is um, a lot of yachts. Mm. A lot of, and not not the natives. Wow! So, so there are people whose businesses are making so much hand over fist money because of the way things are set up. Right. That 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 they literally they're literally turning the United States into a third world country, and and what we miss is this, and I, I hate to go into history, but it's real. Yeah. So you have um, you have, a colonialism. Hmm. Okay. Um, which gives birth. Actually, starts with capitalism. Yes. Capitalism gives birth to colonialism because the reason the, the reason Europe wanted to cro- uh, uh, colonize the world is for more money. Right. So it's capitalism, colonialism, and then unfortunately, some of that spread to evangelism, because be, yes, mm-hmm. because like um, it, do a history of how the United States acquired Hawaii, mm. and some of these Asian island or Pacific islanders. Islands that that's out there. We did. It's it's all about money, and so you bring this home. Slavery was a big deal because of the finances. Absolutely. On one of our podcasts before, that the of the Southern United States was the fourth largest economy in the world because of slavery. That's right. They need to. Um, the people who are greedy and avaricious and and um um they they they're full of financial lust. They need a, a class of people. Who are considered low enough to work for peanuts, so they can accumulate great wealth? You know, profit sharing with them is is I get ninety eight percent and you get two percent, and 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 watch it, and then I don't get taxed. We tax your two percent. Right. The, 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 the mentality, and I say two percent. Actually, the it's actually more like um the one percent wants the 90 want the 99% to be taxed while they enjoy while they get richer and richer right so, I, I know you know this that during the pandemic major corporations got richer and richer oh yeah made more money oh yeah but uh we didn't see an increase in pay right you got, the cost of living um has risen from 1978 to now um so much as they say it's grown it's grown like 50 50% percent or 500 percent rather higher than the, the increase in the minimum wage very true minimum wage has gone up like three dollars in right. the last what 40 years that's just insane it is I don't blame well, people for staying home now I'm gonna tell you this I'll say this um at some point you, the the engagement in employment is is necessary I suggest and people found this during the pandemic as well people started businesses from home. Yes, they did. People start found ways to make money, very legal ways to make money. People invested money. People, I mean, people figured out, you know what? I don't have to do that. Right. So to get me to come back or to get me, you know, nah, and yeah. they teach your children, don't go work for that.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We, we've seen it. You know, People have taken the time during the pandemic to start businesses and end up being very, very successful. Right. And a lot of times it took the slowing down of the pandemic for people to go, wait a minute, (laughs) I I don't have to take this. I don't have to sit in this situation. There is a better way, uh, which I think is important, you know. And so it's it's interesting because the people saw it, but the infrastructure didn't want to see it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that was from honestly the government to the church and everywhere in between. Nobody wanted to see the kind of change. So I think that's part of the reason why you keep the wheel going. If you keep the wheel going, you don't know how fast you're moving because you Mm got to keep moving to stay on the wheel, you know. Uh, And so I think we've seen that happen in all of these spaces. So let's let's talk about that, because I think amid (laughs) the challenges that folks certainly in church world have, part of that is some of them were unemployed during the pandemic. Yes. Some of them have made choices. I'm not going to go back to that job that did not finance things well, et cetera, et cetera. So they're now going through the crisis of finance, the crisis of career. In some cases, that becomes an identity crisis. And wait a minute. I'm not sure about church either. Right. What do we say to those people who are now being asked to assimilate? Back into society.
0: Again, it, it begins here, Gerard. Is that we have to understand that people, on top of the stuff that you mentioned, um, the, I think the most important thing for a lot of people right now is their peace. Yes. Because it's it's difficult to grieve in turmoil. Um, <sighs> you're already bothered on the inside. You're not going to go back to a space that's going to create on uh, stress on the outside as well. And Absolutely. so I believe that that the churches. First you have, you have Different type of churches You have the churches That never closed down They went to, into denial mm-hmm. um, The big steel, you know, That whole foolishness They're doing that That's that's a whole other Group of people right. They are taking um, uh, Chloroquine Or whatever they were doing um, They didn't believe That the, the pandemic was real All that There's that church I don't right. know who The people are they, they claim to be My brothers and sisters In the Lord I beg to differ I am mm-hmm. not related To them in any way yeah. uh, Let the Lord Correct me for that He's my father He knows best But that's that Right. We say to people who are coming back is, and this is what I tell people, and this is what I tell the, the people who stayed, we have got to put a premium a, a, a value on peace mm-hmm. and uh, what I call, listen to this terminology, spiritual spirituality. Ooh because because a lot of what the church was offering Gerard was unspiritual spirituality so you have, you have the gifts of the spirit you 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 over here you're supposed to be an evangelist but but all, all you, your whole thing is um you you it's about it's just about the money it's just about whatever you're supposed to be a pastor but you are not take you're not really into sheep how are you into sheep you're supposed to be a prophet but you keep up more gossip you see what I'm saying and people people are people are like listen i think what we've seen at the, uh 2020 marked the end of an era Yes, and now the re, this this um, reintegration is the beginning of a new era, and in this era, people are putting a high premium on authenticity. they're yes. putting a high premium on what's real. Mm-hmm. Um, don't tell me. Um, don't t- don't talk to me about the benefits of this job. If you don't tell me how it benefits me, you you doing right. you doing the community a favor. Wonderful for the community. What are right. you doing for me? Right. Because that's what people are saying. This, we saw uh, over, what, 600,000 people died in between, uh, from the beginning of the pandemic to now. Over 600,000 people died that would not have died if there was not a pandemic. Absolutely. That, that's, we, we have to say, at least, I'll say more than half of those yeah. would not have died if there was not a pandemic or if the pandemic was initially handled well. Correct. So come back in, people are like, man, I have at least on life. I made it through the worst year I've ever lived through. Mm-hmm. I need something that's real. I need I need some I don't I'm not gonna sit there for you to entertain me. Tell me something that's gonna help my life. Right. I need if you if you claim to speak for God, then I need to encounter God when when you and and <laughs> and we are going to be a church family. Let's yeah. put the emphasis on family, not on church. Yes. Because because this church is a lot of churchy stuff they're doing is is just I don't want it. It's, it's as a matter of fact, the Lord detests it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, so what I, I think coming back in, the churches that are going to prosper are the churches who really take the time, and I use this term again, to engage in grief management. Because, And here's the thing, Gerard, that's, that's very, very interesting. People have been hurting.
1: Yes, yes.
0: But it has not been properly addressed. And now they're going to demand it. If you're not helping me, right? I'm not going to come there. And another thing I'm seeing too is, during the pandemic, people realize that you could, could be connected to five, six different organizations and get what you need from each one.
1: Absolutely.
0: And so they prefer to stay online and, and switch channels, so to speak. Yeah. And get what they need and, and, and do a smorgasbord or, 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 you know, go to a buffet on Sunday morning instead of going and sitting in this restaurant and waiting to be served. Right. And who knows you may not be served. I'm encouraging this, though. I, I'm encouraging everyone to read Genesis chapter 35, the first Um five verses and the reason for that is it starts out i want to read it to you. It says yeah uh, and god said unto jacob arise and go up to bethel and mm-hmm. dwell there as a matter of fact that's the king james but another translation the new living translation that i love to read says it like this then god said to jacob get ready and move to bethel and settle there hmm. bethel the house of the lord he yeah. said build an altar there to the god who appeared to you when you fled from your brother esau that's the that was the worst time of your life and so verse 2 says, so Jacob told everyone in his household, get rid of all your pagan gods, purify yourselves, put on, put on a, a, a clean clothes, which means a new attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, we are now going to Bethel, the house of God, where I will build an, an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. And I'm telling people to go and revisit that because God had, uh, I mean, he, he really uh, was patient with, with Jacob. But after he changed his name, he says to him, now I want you to go back to Bethel and settle there. Wow. And I think I think we each need to find where Bethel is for us because Bethel, for him, Gerard, was the place where he put his head down on a hard place, on a rock.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, in the, and he had a vivid dream where the heavens opened yeah. and he saw a ladder with angels descending and ascending. Yeah. And he realized he woke up and said, man, this is the presence of the Lord is in this place. I didn't, I didn't even know it until right. now until he got into a hard place that's how, what where where did you find help when you were in a hard place that is your Bethel and you need to go up I, I would suggest to people go to Bethel and settle there and give Bethel a chance to, to speak to you build an altar there of sacrifice give Bethel a chance um, the voices in Bethel a chance to speak to you and you may find you know what I've heard this before one did I employ it two hmm. did it work? Um, well, and this is another p- very real question. Um, do I need more? Hmm. And, and don't go back to church and judge it and say, well, they don't have what I need. It could be that they need you. Wow. You may be the voice that you're waiting that you're waiting to hear. Wow. And, you know, I just want other people to be blessed. What about when you're other people? Mm-hmm. When the other is you, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, whatsoever you would that... that uh, that men will do unto you do, you, do even so unto them. What about when you're men, when you are the person that needs the ministry? So I think that there's a lot of considerations and that people need to kind of um, to look at church for what is a gathering of the believers. We're yeah. there to edify one another. We're, we're there to be built up. We're there to build up. And um, we just we're waiting to see what it's going to look like in this generation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is that's super good. That's super good. And we're going to let you guys just kind of simmer with that and, and digest that because I think there's a lot to be said for that. There is a lot of reacclimating that's happening, a lot of assimilation or reassimilation in varying areas of culture. And uh, certainly, I think this is helpful because, again, going back to church isn't exactly what it used to be. So you guys uh, certainly take this in. We would love to hear from you, your thoughts on what you've heard here today. So reach out to us. Of course, you can reach out to Pastor Hart via the socials at Hart Ramsey across all desks and uh, hit us up also with the hashtag for any thoughts that you have, uh, either hashtag on course or hashtag heart to heart. H-A-R-T, the number two h-e-a-r-t make sure you subscribe to this podcast as well because we've got new episodes and new content that's coming as well and join us next time as we get on course with heart ramsey